This week on First Issue Club, we cover Collapser and Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. Welcome back, audience people. You are tuned in to First Issue Club, the weekly podcast where we cover number one comics and read them to you, our beautiful friends. We help you through the muddy and murky water of the comic book landscape. And along the way, we tell some jokes that are very, very bad, but you laugh anyway, and we appreciate it. Uh, in the studio today, we have Mike D., Caitlin, Budget King, and myself, Gregory Lichtai. How you doing, everybody? What up? I'm doing great. It seems like only yesterday we were in the studio together. That is correct. I'm glad you re- you revealed that to the audience people. <laughs> we recorded back to back. Back to back. It was a weird recording schedule this week, but We it's love okay. comics a lot, and... Uh, we love each other a lot. Yeah. I think most people, it, it would be like you're on that road trip where you're like, I hate this person right next to me, and they smell like bad. Like second day in. Yeah. But <laughs> and in this case, we do smell bad, but we don't hate each other. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We are covered in Slim Jim wrappers <laughs> and <It's> Diet Cola. <laughs> and jizz. Oh. <laughs> and what kind of road trips do you what, go on? That's what I do on road trips. Good Lord. Remind me not to go to the Grand Canyon with you. <laughs> How else do you stay awake while you're driving? <laughs> exactly. Yep. You only have so many Slim Jims. <laughs> you only stay awake once an hour. I love the auditory impression of jerking <laughs> off. Thank, yeah. Thank you, Greg. Well, I think my, our you know viewers really need that kind of content. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I am a screamer when it comes to... Cranking it. Oh uh, a friend of mine that does not listen to this podcast <laughs> it, is this. He has no shame in yelling when he's uh, taking care of himself. Really? You was, were you his roommate at one point? I'm assuming. Uh, my friend was his roommate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that he, seems... he, just, he goes like this. Oh, 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 no. oh, oh, if, no, no, no. I can't no. make the podcast because if anybody knows him, they know that I'm saying that about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We can leave a little piece of that out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could, uh, you know what, He's not, he doesn't care. I think he actually doesn't even care. Leave it in. <laughs> I'll now, figure it out. Now that I think about it. I wonder, sometimes I wonder if being really audible is something that like turns people on. Like, does it get me off harder to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it just does. Just like the vibrations through your body. <laughs> oh. Like, if you went, I. I've never been to a That's sex like a class, chant. but yeah. I bet if they, that would be the first thing they would tell you is like, talk it out. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just like they get off knowing that other people are hearing them get off. Yeah. I'm just picturing somebody <laughs> masturbating and thinking like, you know what? I've never really vocalized during this. I think I'm going to try it. I'm going <laughs> to do it. And then they're just like, oh, oh, yes. Give it to me. Masturbate. Me? <laughs> Just actually saying what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're probably like, this is wild. (laughs) I think that's how like people follow. This is a great idea. Now that I've talked it out, I'm kind of like, maybe I'll try this. (laughs) I read a Reddit post of a guy that had to lay like flat on a floor. And he like. In order to climax? uh, Just that was the way he he did it. And he he got the urge in a public restroom. Oh, no. And his like boss walked in on him. It could (gasps) have also been a fake Reddit post. Oh, I hope so. I am gonna bet fake yeah man everything for a, fake for a ton of reasons for a ton of, uh, it, everything is fake the grime story yeah laying down to masturbate so many things fake. have rocked your world this week fake. Yeah. these are these aren't even plugged in we're just i'm a fake yeah 
<laughs> recording into the void. Uh, well, now that we've covered the mandatory masturbation news, mm-hmm. um, let's move on to some comic book news. I want to get your guys' take on celebrities writing comics. It's recently been announced that uh, John Carpenter is writing a comic book. It's been released that J.J. Uh, Abrams and his son, for some reason, are writing a comic book together. I'm just thrilled to see what this 13-year-old <laughs> has to say. And uh, m- many other celebrities have, have Gerard written. Way, who has started like his own... Yeah. Well, I feel you like that's... You count him uh, as a celebrity? I feel like that's a little different because Gerard Way wanted to start his own like publishing house. I feel like John, Copper- John Carpenter's just like... I can write a comic book. That segues perfectly into my thoughts on this conversation. And it's that celebrities or people who are famous already writing comic books typically filter into one of a few different categories. One seems to be like nostalgia for the medium, which is my least favorite one. Yes. That it's like, I'm a famous person. I grew up reading like Archie comics. And now I'm going to write this old vintage style fancy of like, what comic books were during war time. <laughs> and, like, that's awful. Mm-hmm. You have celebrities who have... Are you thinking of War Bears? I'm I was thinking gonna, of I War Bears. I was exactly <laughs> thinking of War Bears. <laughs> or, like, that Angel Cat comic book. Seems to be, like, an homage to old noir comics. Angel Cat? I don't even remember Do you know what I'm that. talking about? Who writes There's it? this, like, eagle angel cat thing. It might have been the same author. Was this a dream? Uh, it's the author of Handmaid's Tale. What's her name? Oh. Margaret Stoll? Mar- it's Margaret... No, Stoll, Kansas. Margaret um, Thatcher. Um, okay, well, let's move on right, from the name because yeah. we're not going to get it. And Margaret. <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm coming up with these on the fly, so sorry if they're rough. Number one was comic book nostalgia. Yes. Number two is project that they've always felt passionate about but could never find a way to get it like to screen or on TV, in, a, in the theater, on stage play, whatever it is. And they're intrigued by comic books, and they think that's a fun medium for me to, like, dip my toe in and try to get this done. And that's probably, like, best-case scenario. Right. But uh, along that line, there's a lot of comic books that get turned into movies. And then those comic book writers become, like, movie writers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is just flipping the script. It's the movie writer, movie creator being like, I could reverse this. Like, I've I've made a hit movie. I can make a comic. We're not talking, you know, you guys, when you say celebrities, you're acting like, like Diana Ross is like writing a comic give, book. Give her an opportunity. <laughs> and we she are, would. We are and talking also, about writers. I don't writers. like that analogy that you made. I don't think that's quite the, the same. I feel like. Gregory's. Like, I feel like. Coming in hot yeah. today. Like, like Jeff Lemire. Like a bunch of his stuff has been greenlit. He's not in LA right now. He's consulting, I bet. Consulting yeah. and writing like the script and all that are completely different. There are uh, so there are a lot of like people. Well, do who... you think John Carpenter's coming in and doing inks? Like no, you... but I feel like he has a death grip on that script and he wants it to be a certain way. I That's feel like what they he have. Does. I feel like they. I feel like writing a comic book and writing a script are leaps and bounds different. Like how a director comes in and sees a film is not how a comic book writer okay, as much, sees a comic. As much, I really don't as do much, storyboarding at all. Oh as much as I like... Yep, that's true. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> as much as I like comic books, love even, mm-hmm. you're not going to convince oh, you me... You go that far? Nay, love? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to convince me that it's harder to write a comic book than it is to write a movie. I'm not saying one's easier or harder than the other. I'm just saying you come at it from different perspectives. Yeah. I'll also say that Anthony Bourdain wrote a comic book. There's like a handful of like... Look what happened to him. Yeah, and then he died. Uh, Joss Whedon wrote comic. Yeah. So they're all people who 
are writers, but like, why would you write if you don't fancy yourself in some sense a the writer? The Anthony Bourdain but, comic was trash, R.I.P. Oh my god. I liked it okay. <laughs> the third grouping of types of books that celebrities write. Oh, you had three. Is capitalizing furthermore on whatever IP that they have. So I'm taking, like, let's say I wrote a famous book or a famous movie, like Stephen King, I would throw into this category. We've got what Lev Grossman is a writer that we like, and he's doing this too. Brandon Sanderson wrote comics. Right. Tons of people who have like a cartoon that becomes a comic book or a movie that becomes a comic book. Those people. Okay. Tanahasi Coates. It's just another. It's just another place to take your thing that you already have intellectual property ownership of and make more money off of it in a different medium. I I do think that they are in their minds cheapening it and thinking like anybody mm-hmm. can write a comic book. And frankly, here's the thing. John Carpenter writes a bad comic book. They're going to have a ghostwriter come and fix that guy up. You're never going to know the difference. Didn't people really like Big Trouble and Little China follow-up that he did? Um, I guess. like The covers were. And he did Escape from New York, too, didn't he? Yeah, but did he write those in comic books? I thought he did. He actually oh, penned with... the comic books? I think he wrote them with another writer. John Carpenter's written some comic before. Don't quote me. We've got ticking thumbs, so I will keep you entertained while the club is looking this up. <laughs> Lottie, I'm so fancy. Has J.J. Yeah. Abrams written a comic But book? Eric Powell was also associated oh. with that. Well, there you go. There you go, yeah. And Escape from New York with Greg Pak. Oh. Greg Pak. I love Greg Pak. He's awesome. So I feel like that's what Budget King was saying. Like They probably brought John Carpenter in for the name. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, just but, like, hey, John Carpenter's okay, but, writing. He probably had a loose idea. But he's consulting just like maybe Jeff Lemire is. I don't see the difference as much as I think you see it. Keep those motherfuckers out of my comic books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that no, is there, what I'm saying. That's the well, take I wanted. I think for... <laughs> thanks for finally being honest Yeah, with also, us. how do you feel about Journey into Mystery with the McElroy brothers, Greg? I think it's shit. You no, do it's not. not. It's not shit. There you go. Not really good. But there are writers. So are That's all a, of these people yeah. that you're talking about. And John Carpenter is a heathen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now that's, not, that's how I know I've gotten to him when he starts deflecting to humor. But you guys, <sighs> you know the J.J. Abrams one's going to be fire because that motherfucker wrote Lust. That book's going to be horseshit. Oh no, God. it's not. It's going to be good. He's a genius. Certified. <laughs> sort of. Uh, is that like a thing you put on the wall? Like a, you can frame that? Yeah, none mm-hmm. of us have it, so I don't know. If we're gonna... Yeah, we can't tell you how that goes, Greg. We well, have to get there. Speaking as a certified genius, you're not supposed to hang it up. You're supposed to keep it like in a drawer somewhere <laughs> to keep it fresh. <laughs> you're the one that came in so hot. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know why it ticks me off so much that like it. It basically is just people who think they're like uh, writing comic books. Can be I think John Carpenter easy. also made an album. Like a, music, a <laughs> musical yeah. album. We may I be getting right. into some megalomania yeah. there. So. I think what you're saying has merit, Greg. I just was disagreeing with why you like. I under- felt that they weren't qualified. Right. Yeah. I under I understand the perspective that like you think doing the thing that I love is child's play is the assumption that you assume a lot of these people take or a it's- plan B or like a yeah, yeah right like I think you assume that um, a lot of celebrities who write kids' books are just like, yeah, I'll just put my fucking name on the front of a kid's book. And then there are people who do that for a living who are like, fuck all, like, yeah. these. Yeah. Somebody's going to come to us and say, why don't you guys write a comic <laughs> book? Yes. Well, none of them all hot and bothered Some from this conversation. Yeah, and then and they've been good. And then we'll say, Wolverine has a micro penis. <laughs> that's true. That That's verified. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he's so mad all the time? Closing sentiment here. 
is that if someone who's already famous is writing a comic book, you have a one in ten chance of it being good. That's a good take. Uh, yeah, that point that you made by having the three categories is summed up well by that sentence. And it, yeah, you don't necessarily have to be. I I don't. I wouldn't say that either. Any one of those three are necessarily the right intentions, mm-hmm. but just don't go into it expecting acclaim. Because yeah. you're somebody we recognize from other things, and you share the same love of it. Not all of us who love these books are going out thinking we can write solid ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that I was blinded by my nerd rage, <laughs> and I became very reactionary. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, guys, if there's nothing else, would you like to get this podcast started? Sure. Let's start it. <laughs> Coming up first in the show, we have DC's Young Animal Publisher putting out a new number one with Collapser by Way and Simon. Caitlin, what is Collapser about? Collapser is about uh, the main character, um, Liam James, who is an empath and hospice care nurse by day and a DJ with a multi-universal lineage by night. I think. Um, He is currently in a bit of a pickle, though, because someone has sent him a deadly disease that possibly turned his apartment into a black hole. And we think that that someone who sent it was maybe his mom. Or a lizard. (laughs) Who do you guys think sent that disease box? Uh, I had a lot That's of, what happened, no, right? I had a lot no. of thoughts about yeah, this book. You're 100% right. And okay. I love like how many qualifiers that brief intro has about like how many things this guy is. He's got like an anxiety complex too. It's just like he's a list of personality defects and hobbies. By this the is... time it got to him going to his gig, I was like, he does one more thing. Yeah. I don't want to know how many other things he's, he's going to do. I'm, I'm going to say what we're all thinking. This guy's budget king. Yeah. <laughs> Budget oh, King is but here's that's, that is the best compliment I can give you because you are very good at a lot of things. Well and you do many things. I and you're actually, anxious about all of them. That's exactly what it was. Is I actually was reading it and I was like, I really relate to this character with how <laughs> privately anxious he is all the time. Um and that was gonna be the only reason I liked this book. Uh so That's the only reason you liked this book? I thought the inner monologue is what made it interesting. Oh, okay. Is what made this book interesting. Okay. I thought that that was a fresh thing. Sorry, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, his last name is Way, and Gerard Way's last name yes. is Way. They're brothers. Yeah. And they're brothers. You solved it. Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're brothers. You were, know that for were sure. Were they in my chem together? Oh, that I don't know. But I saw that they... Um, this, this is this guy's first comic book, and he might just fall into the thing we just talked about where he just got a comic book because he knew the right person. Yeah. But... I'll say for your first comic book that you wrote, I've read worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've read a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I've read a lot worse from veteran comic book this writers. This kept me going. There's plenty of comics that I've re- read and got through four pages and was just like not going to get any better. Yeah. yeah, the anxious dialogue alone was a, f- a fun character mm-hmm. to, to read. Let me tell I you how because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I almost kind of thought it sounded like two people talking to each other at certain points. Yeah, his inner dialogue. Yeah, like yeah. he's. I don't know. That that I thought was interesting about it. Was it was weird. I, I will say this, though. The DJ scene fucking killed me. That, because like, that's not what it. DJ scenes are? I'm not going to claim to know what a DJ 
does or knows how to like when they go to like a f- auditioning for a fest by like playing a club or whatever. It doesn't seem like that's what it would be like. And all he brought with his was his vinyl. He didn't even bring his setup. Yeah, that was he was using real vinyl. So he's just like, oh, he's the he just is good at picking out records, and he's gonna get a big deal off of that. Like, yeah, it just seems like he can make a good playlist. Yeah, exactly. And he should use his fucking phone for that. Would Gerard Way's brother know more than you, though? Mm. Ooh, is Gerard <laughs> Way's brother Dead Mouse? Oh boy! What if he was? Oh boy! <laughs> oh. Oh. We don't, no or, one knows who Dead Mouse is. Nobody knows who Marshmallow is. What if they're the same fucking person? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, or does anyone know who Daft Punk is? Not a soul. Yeah. Not, not a soul. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. Is it Will Ferrell? <laughs> <laughs> and we got, and we're going. <laughs> yeah, and we're back. We never missed a beat. <laughs> All right. Can I say that it seems to me like you could make a formula for writing a successful indie comic book that was like your star is going to have like quirky job from this list personality defect from this list and like relationship drama or job from like this list mm-hmm. right and, that, inha- and inherits let's some, do a uh, game of mash yeah. one time that is exactly that's actually really book. really yeah. funny it's, it's just like yeah that. people roll dice and they have like six things for each and they just kind of get it yeah that's right. exactly what it is and, and if somebody pitches this comic book and they say dj who inherits a black hole like that sounds like kind of interesting but that's about all this comic book is. It's a black hole that's going to kill him. Is it? it yeah, like, his, I don't, It killed his mom. I think it was ripped from her. I think she was killed because they want it. Did I read that wrong? I was foggy on that, too. The guy, the thing I thought about it was interesting is the guy that takes it from his mom at the beginning, you assume is going to be a villain that mm-hmm. he then has to conquer. But then when you he meets that guy... That guy's like, no, I've got to help you get this off of you. Old Lizardman. It's going to be the doom of the universe and probably you. Yeah. And so uh, it's it kind of changes it a little bit. Aside from, like, I think I'm in the same headspace as Greg right now that, like, yeah, there's, like, world-damning stakes in this book, but I can't get past the lizard with the person skin face mask. Yeah. That, like, I can't get past I'm Mr. Like so Edgar. Focused on who that is, Mr. Poor Mr. Edgar. I know. I thought he was going to come back, and Mr. Edgar was going to be gone. Mm-hmm. I like him maybe getting pissed on though. <laughs> I thought I was done going. <laughs> it was a really gross, funny way to open up the book. Mm-hmm. There, there were moments of this that were definitely like dealing with like high anxiety. That I was like, this is one of the best writings of anxiety in a comic book that I've I've re- I've probably ever read. It felt real. So in that way that was like really good. Um I, I think that we could have just uh dialed up the adventure a little bit. I think it did a good job introducing what potential adventure could happen. I mean they introduced the his life here on Earth that is seemingly kind of uh hectic. And now they added the element of you have a black hole in your chest. I don't even know what you do with that. Like, what kind of superhero? But like, someone can throw a baseball into your is chest, that, and you're is fine. That a metaphor? Is that what you say to your ex girlfriend? You're a black hole in my chest. That yeah. his mom was the black hole in his chest, yep. and she literally is. Ooh. I, now you're got, now you got me thinking more about the lizard people because they showed up on that planet to yeah. get it from his mom, and then gave it to him. Is right. there a reason he needs it? Maybe it's like an like you you inherit it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the Black Panther mantle or something. Oh. Like, you're the next black hole guy. And the lizard people are keepers of the black hole uh, person. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Or like friends of his mom. Did you notice <laughs> that they rolled up in a truck that said Galaxy Express? Yeah. I thought that was cute. Well, is that it? For this, I think so. For this yeah. book? I, I think There's so. kind of like not a lot to say about it. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Who's, the guy at the end said something that was kind of funny. Not funny, but like all you need is a little light to drown it out. So like are, is he like the light people that's going to like. He's going to try to help The him. keeper of the black hole. It sounds like he wants to kill the guy. Kill the kid. I don't. I for his tell, black hole. I didn't tell. take that as you will. That's good. Oh, you know what? Now that I'm reading that again, maybe it did. Maybe I was so focused on Mr. Edgar that I lost a lot of this sinister stuff. <laughs> I think we were all focused on the wrong thing. Mike D and I were focused on Lizard Man. You were focused on Edgar. You were focused on stuff getting peed on. I was also focused on the plastic sword that yeah. is now real. Yeah. He's most focused on the DJ. Yeah, the DJ got got me a that little bit. That was your thing. Oh, I didn't notice any of those songs. He was <clears throat> rattling off either. It's news to me now that you're saying he even rattled off songs. Yeah, so. one was like a Chemical Brothers, something else. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I've never listened to that band, but they sound... I like them, but... <laughs> then why did you just... Oh, God, them. Because who, who the fuck plays that in a club? Like, you got to be pretentious. I don't... Are they a club band? Are they EDM? I guess. Are they you, KMFD? Is everybody there, like, on X and stuff? Uh, well, if you it see that be... scene, they were super sweaty. Yeah, it was kind of like a... That's not how DJing works. Oh, you're a drug-free DJ? Yeah, I am, actually. Rise above the influence, guys. (laughs) 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 DJing works, you just play the top hits, unfortunately. So write in all your DJ questions to (laughs) budgetking at firstissueclub.com. Yeah, Yeah, let me help you with that. BK on the ones and twos. Follow that hashtag. I'm here for you. Uh, What song would you play if you're a DJ? Yeah, each each one. Go around the horn. What song would you play? That that's your one. You're just like people are gonna lose their fucking shit when I play this. I'll say R. Kelly's still undeniable. No, you can't play him anymore. (laughs) He's canceled. Joke. Oh, (laughs) I would. I didn't get it because I know you were an actual fan and affected by his. But some of his music is still undeniable. We need to talk about someone else who's canceled after the podcast is over and it has to do with a comedian who recently had a special come oh, out. Oh god. Aziz? I yeah. would like all, I would play Jackson 5. He's Can we keep talking about this? Whoa. Oh god. I didn't know I this. I want to go there right now. That's good. We'll yeah. talk about it later though. Yeah. Jackson that's, 5. That sucks. That's going to ruin Heather's Dude, Jackson world. 5. Yeah. And then people be like, But not really boom, because boom, I think boom. people like it just because I don't care what they think also and it's canceled. what I want. You guys are on this canceled train. I know. Sorry. My song that people cannot resist either singing or dancing to is They Might Be Giants, Istanbul. <laughs> what kind of dancing? <laughs> you just get entranced by it. It takes you over. You know what song I played last weekend that had a surprisingly good reaction? Happy birthday. Divinals. I touch myself. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's a great, that's, yeah, that's a great one. It's like instantly people know it and everyone was just like. Groping themselves. Yeah, pretty much. Myself uh, included. I go with like Sister Hazel or Marcy Playground. Something ironic. Yeah. You don't have to. But if the power goes out, your career is ruined. And that's something that everyone learns from this book. The end. Can I ask you a question? If they would have (laughs) literally said, like, Sister Hazel. (laughs) Oh, we would have shit on it. What would your reaction have been? Had they, had, they, had they said that he was playing Sister Hazel in that club, I would have been like, this is fucking meta shit. This is brilliant ass. <laughs> you would? Yeah, I would have been like, they get me. You would immediately <laughs> get... This book is me. The... You would have gotten that that was a joke, but not the Grimes thing. <laughs> <laughs> you did fall hook, line, he and sinker for Grimes. He wanted to believe. He wanted to believe. That's like the way to do it. Like, because being, then she would have been a true freak. Being and you a DJ is like that. being a marketer. It is a made up fucking job. And 
to pretend like there's this narrative where somebody's going to ascend by like doing the same thing that any of us could do. It irks me like it irks <laughs> Greg when you talk about celebrities writing comics. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'll back him on that one. <laughs> it's a joke. Everyone's well, got something that irks their tater. Before this <laughs> podcast is torn apart I have that on a bumper limb by limb, <laughs> I suggest we move on hey, to the look, next everybody book. Everybody calm down. Don't honk that horn. That's Everyone's got yeah. something that irks their tater. <laughs> I know something's irking your tater. Quit honking at me. <laughs> is there one where Calvin's just peeing on an irked tater? Cool your taters. <laughs> I'm not trying to irk them. Cool your tater, dude. <laughs> uh, well, this uh, segues into another book about a young man who is always plagued by misfortune by his own hand. And that is the book out on DC, Superman's Pal. Jimmy Olsen, Caitlin, crack us off with one of your signature you descriptions. It's it's also by Fraction and Lieber. It's like also Lieber. by Fraction and Lieber. Okay, well, so this one is, he's Superman's pal, but he's also his problem, his long-distance BFF. And now his ghost-slash-man-on-the-lamb, Jimmy Olsen, um, we basically get a really fun Reader's Digest treatment of stories and tales for him and we get a bonus of his great-great-granddad starting off the Olsen clan in this as well. Getting domed by a shovel. Oh, he was? I thought he fell off the... Yeah. Yeah, he got hit with the shovel. Like, the guy... I'm missing things left and right this week. He guys. wouldn't sell his land, so the guy cracked him over the head with a shovel and he fell off the cliff. <laughs> to be honest, I'm really <laughs> glad you pointed that out because... Do you remember when I showed you the panel when we were reading it? Does it make sense now? Yes. Why I'm so... I was so confused. I was like, is this small story, the joke of it, that he says no to selling his land, takes one step back, and falls off a cliff. Oh, I can totally see how you see that now. I, was, I thought it was so funny and so weird. And I was like, is this really what happens? And Greg was just like, yeah. I, I mean, what? Yes. Nope, I won't sell my land. Goodbye. <laughs> I like it. I kind of like it better like that. No, I really like well, that. Well, because the lot. title of it was the, it's the Falls Little Julia. And I thought that's really funny. Yeah. That it's just like, whoops. Nope. That's uh, how I want to go. Guys. That's still in my house. In um, but that was a great description, Caitlin, because he is fucking Superman's bratty little brother that is just constantly getting into trouble. And getting saved by his association to Superman and at least in one of these short stories being like a millennial cash cow for a (laughs) dying newspaper organization. I haven't formulated this thought yet, so I'm just going to run with it. Um, Matt Fraction is thought of as like a comic book kind of like God in some ways. Not God, but just people really like him. And where I think he really turned the page on stuff was sex criminals. Um, He just penned an amazing comic book he brought what he brings to comic books here he, it's just like oddities little kind of like meandering stories and then all of a sudden you have jimmy olsen in gotham near the end and you're like how did i get here <laughs> uh, this is like he was a turtle at one point in time oh like yeah. it's like so it's funny. like goofy as hell but then it's also like a really good story it's like somewhere in between and like that's exactly what I would love in a comic book is like goofy, but give me something I can sink my teeth into. And and that I love this comic book. I have no context for who Jimmy Olsen is. I understand that he's a person that matters in, in Smallville and the Superman ethos. But to me, this is a even better. This is a better way to write Superman from this approach. From like a sidekick. Approach. Oh, yeah. There's not many people who know how to write a funny book like this, too. 
we've talked about how like some of the other writers like Jason Aaron are really starting to make these books very humorous and in genuine ways instead of throwaway jokes or jokes that are just too corny or hackish. Like this is this was a really funny book. Yeah, there's there's certain things in it where you're like, that's the typical comic book joke. And then your expectations are completely subverted in the next panel. Right. Great example of that is Superman winking at you when he says, like, I only think Superman could save Jimmy. (laughs) And then he winks at the camera, and then you turn the page, and the next (laughs) panel, he's still winking and smiling at, like, somebody invisible. And uh, it was like Jim from The Office. And the the other woman in The Office is like, man, these small town folks are (laughs) fucking crazy. (laughs) I... Oh, I thought that was so funny. Oh, it was great. There were a lot of great one-liners and really great, funny little situations. All the while, I think it did for just for someone who has a little more context for Jimmy Olsen, too. I think the micro stories paid an homage to those classic Jimmy Olsen comics. And Greg, you can probably speak to this a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them were like the old Archie and Me sort of comic books where you've got like tinier vignettes within like a larger comic book. Right. And but this one had like a through line. So it yeah, was, yeah, that's so what it was I like, was laughing about. It was toying with the idea of having separate stories while at the same time just ignoring that and subverting your expectation for what those smaller stories were. And it took a it took a little bit for you to get a bearing of like what was actually happening. It really threw me because they're, they are, like, separated into three stories. Mm-hmm. But as you're reading it, it's just like, this doesn't need to be broken up at yeah, all. Yeah, it's a they're single telling, narrative. Yeah, they're telling a single narrative here. it added here. to the charm of what it was 100% nodding to. 100% it did. Yeah. 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 How, how Jimmy Olsen isn't dead is beyond <laughs> me. Yeah, it really, it really plays to the fact, too, of, like, what an absurd character that just disaster follows him everywhere like he's the most cursed human being right. there is <laughs> that mini panel right before superman his, winks for eternity his uh-huh. misadventures yeah i love it's it. he's just a ghost so funny. in one yeah <laughs> <laughs> just with this camera i would read it's so good all six of those panels oh, yeah. i would read uh, an issue and of that and i wouldn't be surprised if those are actual predicaments that jimmy olsen got into oh, yeah. in some of those old campy comic books yeah it's like so so to take that lineage and storyline and act as if it were true, like this human being would have to be the most bonkers, absurd person <laughs> to ever walk the face of the earth. And I think I think Matt Fraction is kind of like saying that's all actual canon. <laughs> like, what is this person like now? I think so. The one line that describes like if you don't know who he is that I also thought was super funny is. The, the like head of this organization is describing like what people like about him. She's like, people like watching the kid break stuff with his ass and hang around with Superman. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he is now, essentially. Uh-huh. Like Superman bails him out of almost all of these dramatic scenarios, except for the one he finds himself toward the end. Yeah. But, um, and then he just like breaks stuff with his ass, I guess. They make fun of the idea that he's like still employed by a <laughs> newspaper too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when they've tried to fire him so many times uh-huh. and they're going to send him somewhere else yeah. just so he can wreak havoc on another city for a while. It's Yeah. Instead, instead of him going uh, viral, his boss says, like, 
Send out one of your Jimmy Olsen viruses. <laughs> <laughs> I love the boss not getting viral. Yeah. yeah. God, what a rube. So the uh, the marketing for this, uh, it read, Death, Destruction, Hot Dogs. Take a bizarre tour of the underbelly of the DC universe. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. I think that we're going to go to like lots of different DC places. Like I, I think that Gotham is only one... Uh, stop on the train ride. That That's would be awesome. hilarious. I yeah. Would, yeah, I would love that. If we're just like taking a tour throughout the DCU through mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen's yeah. eyes, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I love it. Did you? He he recently had what a per- uh, a little vignette in oh what was it? It was like an an, an annual yeah. that came out recently. Yeah, the year of the villain. Year of the villain vignette. Yeah. Yes. And it's he was he's watching the cat. Yeah, like the Red Lantern cat. <laughs> yes. And by the end of it, he is naked and covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, if this is even a tenth of what his comic book series is going to be about, I am 100% buying all 12 of these issues. Yeah. It is just so ludicrous. And Matt Fraction makes him, like, equal parts annoying and that little brother you just want to kick out of the room, but also mm-hmm. super charming and, mm-hmm. like, Really endearing, and like that's that's Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, he's the the plucky little photographer from the Daily Planet who's just like, I'll get it, Lois. And like, well, and I I love that Matt's playing with the like I'm on a first name basis with Matt Fraction. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I love, myself and Rebecca. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. I love that Matt is playing with like how cartoony of a character Jimmy Olsen has always been by randomly throwing in these other characters to contrast the stupidity of that mm-hmm. like his landlord is like oh my god if you get moited all your stuff comes to me close the coitons are you gonna get moited <laughs> that whole scene what, you'll that, get window bats when yeah. the bat came through the window Jesus Christ yeah. <laughs> and I, then he's like doing hockey moves hitting the <laughs> the bats out of the window calling him like a fancy boy because he can say continental Oh my gosh! Funny. The natty light jokes. Oh god, yes. yeah, it's natty's ice. Yeah, that's <laughs> the plural. It's natty's ice. <laughs> hey, chief. It's also if he's going to do that. <laughs> if he's going to do a tour of the DCU, it's also a perfect um, point of view to not disrupt any major stories by doing kind of a spinoff, especially if he's going to have like little bitty tie-ins for things that are going on now, just kind of like a little side mm-hmm. spinoff yeah. of like. <laughs> Him observing things that are happening. He's the flap of the butterfly wings that <laughs> sets in motion all this terrible shit <laughs> in the could. DC it's universe. It's such a brilliant, like... <laughs> if at the end of this year we found out that Jimmy Olsen is the ultimate DC villain, <laughs> I will die oh, a like happy man. Like a pure man. luck scenario? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be an amazing end to Year of the Villain. <laughs> he accidentally kills Lex Luthor. Like, oh, did I do that? <laughs> I just ran into him with my ass. Superman has saved, had to save him so many times at the cost of how many lives? (laughs) How many many other people could have been saving with like the million times he saved Jimmy Olsen? Yeah. Jimmy, you know, I, I, you know, I'm always going to be there for you when you're falling from space like a turtle. Mm -hmm. uh, But that bus full of orphans and nuns, they're dead. Yeah. Because I'm saving your dumb ass. That's why he is DC villain prime. God. Fuck you, Jimmy Olsen. We loved your book. But, but <laughs> fuck you. But fuck you. First Issue Club has to take a hard stance on this kind of tomfoolery. Is this an official First Issue Club fuck you? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think we've ever given a fuck you. No, an, we haven't. An official fic, 
fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> That's wonderful. How <laughs> fitting that Jimmy Olsen gets the F-I-C-F-U. Yeah. <laughs> Fick you, Jimmy Olsen. You. While you're ficking yourself, <laughs> give a little uh, auditory moan and see if it does anything for you. Oh, we should call fans of this podcast Bean Fickers. Ooh, let's workshop that. <laughs> yeah. Let me th- I think you're so close. Yeah, you're like <laughs> right there. You're honest. Maybe you need that. to yell a little. <laughs> oh. You ain't listened to the fic, you're cursed. Any more? Got any more in you? That's all. That's one. I stopped listening. Well, speaking of stop listening. <laughs> you should. I'm done talking. We're done. Because this podcast is going to be over soon. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. Hey, Greg, what do you think um, sour cream was? Uh, Spicy ranch? <laughs> Spanish ranch. Spanish ranch. You're a certified genius. That's the... <laughs> Just really knocking me around this episode. I love it. (laughs) Keep it up.